Matt Schaff and Jared Smola of DraftSharks.com here to preview the Week 11 FanDuel main slate. Jared, we've got no Eagles or Chiefs this week. They're playing on Monday night. The Bengals and Ravens already played, and you know some of them are still healthy. That's four marquee quarterbacks out of the mix on this Week 11 main slate. We've got big-time wide receivers and tight ends off the board as well, and even upside running backs on all four of the teams that are on bye this week. So I, it's going to be an interesting week to pick players. We'll see how that affects the way we choose guys from certain positions. Let's start at quarterback though. And I checked the fan duel dollars per point rankings <laughs> in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. I see three intriguing seven K guys up top or two intriguing guys and Trevor Lawrence, depending on how you <laughs> want to look at it. What is your quarterback plan for cash on FanDuel? Justin Fields leads in dollars per point for us on FanDuel, and I think he's a nice tournament play. I would not use him in cash in his you know first game coming off a throwing thumb injury. I think Trevor Lawrence at 7K is okay. I'd rather pay a bit more for either Brock Purdy or CJ Stroud, our next two guys in value. Brock Purdy, 7,500. CJ Stroud, 8,000. I think they're, you know, it's, it's for me tough to pick between them. I definitely prefer Stroud, but he's $500 more. So both their teams have a 26.75 point implied total this week. That's tied for third highest on the main slate. Stroud gets the slightly better matchup. Arizona 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Purdy gets the Bucks, who are 21st in adjusted points allowed to quarterbacks. And it's really, it's a good matchup for Purdy too, because the Bucks are tougher against the run than the pass. And we've seen opposing offenses register the third highest pass rate over expected against versus Tampa Bay. So offenses are tending to lean pass against this defense, which does make sense. Kyle Shanahan smart. I do think the Buck, the Niners will lean a bit more towards the pass. I think Purdy will have enough volume in this game to you know pretty easily pay off this price tag in cash games. Tournament side, where you differ. Yeah, so I love the Texans Cardinals game. Talked about it a bunch on the DraftKings podcast. You can listen to that if you want to hear, you know, the reasons to play that game. I wanted to talk about Jared Goff here on FanDuel because I really like this spot for the Lions passing game as well. The Lions have the second highest implied total on the main slate at 27. 0.75 points behind only the Dolphins. Um, and they get this pass funnel Bears defense. The Bears are sixth in run defense DVOA. They are 29th in pass defense DVOA. And as a result, they are sixth in pass rate over expected again. So really like a more extreme version of the Bucks, where the Bears are much better against the run than they are the past. Teams are going pass heavy against Chicago. I think, I think the lions are going to come out that way. I think they're going to come out throwing in this game. Now they could definitely, you know, go run heavy in the second half. If, if this game turns into a blowout, but I think if you're playing golf from a tournament side, you want to play it as the bears, at least keeping this game competitive for most of the game. So you'd want to play a, a piece from the bears. And for me, that would be DJ Moore is my favorite option. I think, you know, Cole Komet is someone you can consider at tight end. Um, but I, again, if, if you're playing golf, I think you definitely do want to run it back with the bear because you do need the bears to score some points and keep this game close. So the lions don't go super run heavy in the second half. I mean, frankly, even if you're playing it with whatever, like even if Detroit jumps out to a big lead and Jared Goff gets there, um, you know, before the blowout ends, you're still going to get garbage time, uh, extra passing from the Bears. So I think you still yes. want to run back a Chicago player in those Jared Goff lineups, like you said, running back, Jared, <laughs> is it? Tony Pollard week part three <laughs> He's back down to $6,900 in FanDuel salary. He's got the Panthers this week. We mentioned him each of the past two weeks. He's got to find the end zone again at some point, right? Is this the last gotta? Who knows? I mean, it's a sick joke by FanDuel making Tony Pollard this cheap. So it's kind of you know tough to avoid him in cash. I, I am going to end up playing him in cash. The other thing too, like you, at some point you just want to like 
like block people with Pollard, right? Because he's going to be so popular in, in cash games. And you know, if you don't play him, and he does, you know, find the end zone twice this game, it might you know be be tough to win in cash. I'm, I'm just going to play Tony Pollard. I mean, he's still the lead back on a team that's a ten and a half point favorite this week. The Cowboys have a twenty six point two five point implied total, and you know, in some ways, this spot is better for Pollard than last week's was because the Giants suck against the pass and the run. And we obviously saw Dallas, you know, lean pass again and have lots of success passing. Panthers are are okay against the pass. They're 16th in pass defense DVOA. They're 31st in run defense DVOA. We see teams going run heavy against the Panthers. The Panthers have allowed the second most running back rush yards per game, the most running back rush touchdowns per game. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely a spot. Pollard should be a good touchdown bet. I think he's still a good volume bet. Um, I'm just going to play him in cash at this price tag. I mean, he showed us last week that he's not a lock against anybody because it was almost the same spot against the Giants last week. They did score three times on the ground and he got three tries from the four yard line or closer. So keep all of those things in mind. That's why Tony Pollard makes plenty of sense. Even if he doesn't find the end zone again, like he had those opportunities last week at some point, he's going to fall across the goal line, even if he's not especially good at it. I don't think this team really wants to lean run against anybody. I think they'll still lean pass overall. But Tony Pollard got enough carries and enough chances to score last week to pay off. He just didn't. Well, I'm curious to see if they throw the ball to him because they didn't do that at all last week. And that was maybe even the most surprising thing. Maybe worrisome. Also might be a one-week blip. So we'll, we'll see yeah. where that one goes. Tourney side, I would assume you're going to lean away from Tony Pollard, right? Because he's going to be a little too popular to be like, uh, hey, if he finally has his bounce back week, I want to be on it. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't call him a must fade. Um, but he, again, as we always say, you got to be careful about how you use him. Like you'd want to use Pollard in a lineup that's otherwise you know, pretty contrarian. Um, cause, cause I do think Pollard's going to be chalky. Kenneth Walker is my favorite tournament play on FanDuel $7,400. I think it's a nice price. Like I really, I think the Zach Charbonnet thing has become a little overblown and I know he's, you know, beat Kenneth Walker in total snaps each of the last two weeks, but most of that is coming on passing down. Zach Charbonnet is playing the majority of the passing downs, which, which obviously hurts Ken Walker. I'm not, not saying it doesn't, um, but Kenneth Walker is still out care. Zach Charbonnet 36 to 15 over the last three games. So he is still this team's primary ball carrier. I think it's a sneaky good spot, a spot that's better than it might look against the Rams. Just looking at the fantasy points allowed numbers, the Rams are ninth in FanDuel points allowed to running backs. We have them 11th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. That's really because one, they've limited running back receiving production. I believe they've allowed the fewest receiving yards to running backs this season, which again, Kenneth Walker is not doing a ton of anyways. And then the Rams have also allowed just five total running back touchdowns, which is tied for sixth fewest in the NFL. But again, I think that's a little fluky. If you look at, you know, just their run defense in general, they're 25th in run defense DVOA. They're allowing 4.3 yards per carry through running back. So I really think it's a doable matchup for the Seahawks. This game does have some shootout potential. It's, you know, one of the higher over-unders on the main slate, there's always a chance Kenneth Walker punches in a couple touchdowns because he's still, you know, getting most of that goal line work. Yeah, you're correct about them allowing the fewest running back receiving yards so far. Their touchdowns allowed are right around the same range for rushing yards allowed. So, you know, it's not necessarily a blow up spot, but it's also not a scary spot. And if Seattle does get out to a lead, runs the ball plenty. They ran the ball plenty last week. I think there are plenty of opportunities for Kenneth Walker to work out, as you were saying. Wide receiver, we've got expensive wideouts up top yep. in the FanDuel dollars per point. CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill, 
Amon Ross St. Brown, all of those 8,900 plus in FanDuel salary. Are you playing any of those guys in your cash lineup? Yes, I think you can definitely fit one of them in. C.D. Lamb is a guy I would lean towards just getting the $600 discount off of Tyreek Hill. Uh, Lamb does come in as the top dollars per value play at the position. So I think you can play CD lamb. I'm playing Garrett Wilson in cash on, on FanDuel here as well at $7,000. Um, I mean, just the guy has 52 targets over his last four games now. And, you know, yeah, there, there's Zach Wilson targets. I don't know what discount him by 25%. We're still talking to the guy who's, you know, getting, you know, nine, nine, 10 real targets. Wilson's averaging 12.6 FanDuel points over the last four games, despite not scoring a touchdown. And really this, this bill secondary just isn't scary anymore. You know, since, since losing Trey white, there's some other injuries they've had on, on defense as well. So I, I think it's a, a fine matchup for Garrett Wilson. I just think he's he's a good bet for another 10 plus targets. I think you need to go a little steeper with that discount on the Zach Wilson <laughs> targets because it to me it looks like a Groupon email where I'm like, wait a second, why is it discounted that much? That that tells me a lot about the quality of this product. I think you need to maybe give it to me for a dollar. Tournament side wide out, what do you like? Yeah, DJ Moore. So at sixty eight hundred dollars, DJ Moore comes in as our sixth best value at wide receiver. So I, I really even think he's in play in cash on Fandle just because he's been getting targets, right? He has 7.7 targets per game since that quiet week one on a 26% target share. And, you know, he's definitely a better tournament play, right? Cause you have his quarterback coming off a thumb injury, which obviously adds downside, but like if fields is good to go and he has been a full goal in practice so far this week. So, you know, maybe the thumb is not going to be a factor. We've seen DJ Moore go for 23 Fando points and 45 Fando points in games already this season. Again, he has a nice combination of the target share and he, he had a really big average depth of target in fields his games, you know, early on this season. So he's getting a lot of deep shots. Um, I do think this Lions Bears game has some, some shootout potential. We've seen the Lions defense give up some big wide receiver games lately. So DJ Moore, I like the price tag and the ownership again, just 7% projected owned for, for DJ Moore. DJ Moore has three games this season where he's caught eight passes. Two of those, he had 130 plus receiving yards. So he's already showed us he can be a ceiling receiver. And the question about Justin Fields coming off the thumb injury is going to keep him from being as highly played in this high upside matchup as he probably would under normal circumstances. So yeah, I think he makes plenty of sense taking shots on him in tournament lineups, knowing that there is downside risk, but that's not what we're worried about when we're playing DFS tournaments. Tight end, we've got high 5K range tight ends leading in the dollars per point category for FanDuel, three guys up top. Is there any reason to look beyond that group or should we just live with that trio? No, yeah, I think um, I, I think for me, especially Dalton Kincaid and Trey McBride are the two guys I would look to. We do have Evan Ingram mixed in there too, and he's fine. I mean, he's been an awesome, consistent target bet all season. Um, the Titans are generally bad against the pass. They are and they have been pretty good against tight ends, at least in terms of fantasy, you know, adjusted fantasy points a lot of the position. But it's it's Kincaid or Musgrave for me. And man, I, I feel like that decision between those two honestly like could impact FanDuel cash game this week. Uh, Kincaid and McBride, I think they'll be the two most popular. Um, you know, if one outscores the other by 10 points, you know, that could be the difference in cash games. I, I'm gonna, you know, trust our projections and go with Dalton Kincaid, who you know, we do have projected for you know 0.6 more FanDuel points. He's actually a hundred dollars cheaper than Trey McBride. Don Kincaid has 11 plus Fando points in four straight games. He's averaging eight targets per game over the last four. And really, you can attack this Jets defense. You want to attack this Jets defense with your tight end. The Jets are first in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. They're just 19th in adjusted points allowed to tight end. So, you know, not, not saying Stefan Diggs is going to, you know, disappear in this game, but I do think it's a spot where, you know, Kincaid could be an, an even bigger part of the game plan than usual. 
And we've already seen him be a big part. Like he doesn't need Stefan Diggs to go away to be heavily used. It also might be a way to counter the non-edge linebackers, perhaps getting involved in the pass rush for the Jets. Tournament side. The guy I have down is Donald Parham, actually. Um, I'm hoping he gets a use, right? Because Gerald Everett has not practiced this week yet with a chest injury. Parham has a hip injury. He didn't practice on Wednesday, but he returned to a limited practice on Thursday. So if we get Parham without Everett, I think... Parham is a nice tournament play, $5,100. We have seen a game this season with Parham in and Everett out. That was week eight. Uh, Parham went four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Saw five targets. Ran her out on 58% of the pass play. So you're not an ideal route rate. Again, why I would not you know consider him in cash. But from a tournament perspective, I think he's up there on this slate in terms of touchdown upside at tight end. Parham leads the Chargers with seven end zone targets this season. You know, again, despite being a part-time player, and even I think he's missed a couple of games this season too. And among all tight ends, Parham is second in end zone targets with those seven. He's a guy that Herbert looks to when they get near the end zone. And, you know, if Everett's out, I think that only adds to, to Parham's touchdown potential this week. Yeah, he's just built for it. So we'll watch him through the weekend. Uh, we'll see how healthy he is. We'll see if Gerald Everett has a chance to come back. But uh, certainly like the touchdown upside and that upside for this format on FanDuel. Flex, what are you favoring? Yeah, a couple more running backs that stand out to me. Just volume bets at their price tags. Josh Jacobs, $7,300. I mean, since Antonio Pierce has taken over as their interim head coach, like Jacobs has been the focal point of that offense. And there, there's some downside this week with the Raiders' big underdogs against Miami. But I, I still think Jacobs will you know, be involved in the passing game enough. I know he hasn't seen many targets over the last two weeks, but I, I still think he'll be in, involved in the passing game enough to be okay. And then Brees Hall at $7,100, you know, just you know, dominating Jets' backfield for a while now. Michael Carter gone, which can only help Brees Hall's passing game role. So I think both those running backs make sense for cash. I think they're actually both nice tournament fades at high ownership just because they're both underdogs this week on pretty bad offenses. So, you know, you kind of wonder about the ultimate upside of both of them tournament side. I like Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin, two guys that stick out to me, just, you know, both in really good matchups, Debo against a struggling buck secondary McLaurin against the Giants. who my God, every single Cowboys wide receiver is just running wide open in that game last Sunday. So nice spot for McLaurin. And then I'm excited to go back to Nico Collins in tournaments this week, um, you know, coming off the calf injury, which, which adds some risk. Right. But I mean, seventy two hundred dollars for Nico Collins projected for just two percent ownership. We have already seen twenty four and thirty two point Fanduel point outings from the, him this season. Excellent matchup against the Cardinals. I think, you know, Nico, again, has, you know, 20, 30 point upside this week. Yeah, that's the upside of risk is it keeps that ownership down. So you get a boost if the guy yeah. does deliver for you. And we've seen him deliver, as you said. Defense. Are we rolling with a 4K option on FanDuel this week? Three of those lead our FanDuel dollars per point rankings. And I mean, Pittsburgh looks like it just might be the oppressive favorite. What are we looking at here? Yeah, yeah I would definitely start with the Steelers on defense this week. Uh, $4,000. They are projected to be the chalkiest defense by a pretty wide margin. But I think in cash games, that's okay. They're obviously getting uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson making his second career NFL start in his first start against the Ravens, four sacks and three interceptions. Um, the Browns are implied for just 17.25 points. Just should be a ugly, low-scoring defensive battle. So I think the Steelers are a really safe play for cash at just 4000 bucks. The Browns are in such great shape at quarterback right now that they are trying out Joe Flacco, among others, um, <laughs> yeah. this week. Now, you talk about the high projected rostered rate for the Pittsburgh D, and usually we want to get away from defenses that are rostered that high, but is this a situation where it's still scary even to fade the dominant number one 
in projected ownership just because of the matchup here? I don't think so. I'd actually feel fine fading the Steelers this week because I like the Lions in the same price range at $4,400 and projected versus 4% ownership, you know, against Justin Fields, who, you know, has continued to be a high sack rate guy. The Lions are, are big favorites in that game. So you could get a bunch of Fields dropbacks. The Browns in that same game on the other side of the Steelers are, you know, they're $4,500. So they're 500 bucks more expensive than the Steelers, but just 4% projected ownership. Awesome defense against Kenny Pickett. And then I, I think the Jets are in play too. I mean, 2% projected ownership for the Jets against Josh Allen, who, you know, they, they've done well against in all three meetings now over the last two seasons. That includes scoring 20 points, um, 20 points from the Jets defense in their, in their week one meeting. So scary to fade the Steelers, but like the Lions and Browns especially have a pretty decent shot to outscore Pittsburgh and they're coming in at, you know, a, what, a quarter of the ownership. Yeah. It's entirely possible for Pittsburgh's defense to dominate that game and not have an enormous, like can't right. miss um, fantasy outing because, you know, maybe the Browns score a few points. Maybe Pittsburgh doesn't get a defensive touchdown and some other defense or two do. Do you think that maybe a way to differentiate some Detroit lineups here is to play Jared Goff, I'm on Ross St. Brown and the Lions defense in the same one because we get a bunch of points from that offense. It presses Justin Fields into more dropbacks yeah. and more passes. And that is our clearest path to defensive scoring for the Lions in this game. I'll never say you can't play a defense that way. I've just I've seen that work too many times in tournaments to say, you know, I, I don't think it's the ideal way you want that game to play out if you're playing a golf team. But like it, it could definitely work where, you know, golf throws three first half touchdowns. The Bears are throwing every every play in the second half, and you know the Lions defense gets gets a late touchdown, you know, on, on an interception or whatever. So it, it could it could definitely work. Yeah, I would say that it's not the kind of thing you want to look for every week, but this is one of those situations where the nightmare for Chicago is the opponent <laughs> has forced Justin Fields to throw the ball a whole lot because we know that he yes. can just get bad when that happens. For sure. The lineup generator on DraftSharks.com is ready to help you keep things from going bad. It'll help you build winning lineups for week 11, whether you're playing cash games, tournaments, or both. We got our dollars per point that we've been talking about in there, ceiling projections, plus lots more settings for you to mess around with and get the lineups that you want. Make sure you also check out Kevin's articles on DraftSharks.com with more picks for cash games and tournament play on FanDuel this week. Our goal with all this stuff is to help you win week 11.